0: Good afternoon. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. James T. Morris, pastor of Carter Tabernacle Christian Methodist Episcopal Church and the presiding elder of the Central Florida District of the CME Church. Welcome to another edition of Morris Mondays. The other day I was asked a question as to whether or not I thought the black church should be involved with Black Lives Matter. What a question. What a question. My response to that question is wholeheartedly yes. The black church supports the Black Lives Matter movement. And the black church supports the movement because if not the black church, who will help these protesters tear the covers off of a white supremacist society to expose the provisional promise of a nation built on domination, fascism, and restraint. If not the black church, who will preserve the selfless and soulful expression of the black worship experience fashioned by African tribal theology and masterfully completed by the blood of a risen savior? Who else would help the movement but the black church? Who will indelibly imprint on our nation the compulsory command of Christ for universal inclusiveness and fairness with bold and broad strokes of unfettered unity for all men? Does the black church support Black Lives Matter? Of course, because who will preserve with passion and persistence the? dreadfully indispensable message of hope for a sinful world but the black church? Who will bear our storehouse for truth to keep alive the sordid facts of our painful past and our problematic present? If not the black church supporting Black Lives Matter, who will express our gratitude for the sacrifices of our ancestors who brought us through the turpitude and viciousness of this life by their toil and their sweat and their tears and so often their blood. You see, America does not want to face the truth, does not want to face the sordid past out of which we as a people have come through, and that's America's problem. America prefers to turn a deaf ear to its tainted past and present, at least when it comes to African Americans. Our nation, as of yet, has no strong and collective desire to correct the disparities in an unjust society that allows prejudice to run amok. You see, my friends, prejudice is not new. The favoring of one group over another has been a means of control used by societies for millennials to exercise the sin of superiority. It's a problem today, but it was also a problem in biblical times. You see, God's word condemns prejudice throughout the New Testament. His word expresses the truth that there is no respect of persons with God. When the circumcised Jews in the early Christian church tried to set themselves apart from the common Gentiles, God set them straight and said, don't you dare call what I have cleaned common. You'll find that in Acts chapter 11, verse 9. Paul warned the early church in Rome not to think of itself more highly than they ought to think. So students of the word know that partiality is not providential or of God. It is planned. And those who dabble in it are playing with fire because my friend's prejudice destroys Prejudice destroys our sense of community because it breeds disdain, it breeds dislike, it breeds disrespect, and it breeds derision. In other words, prejudice divides. We have seen it divide us to the uttermost in cities like Sanford here in Florida, or Ferguson in Missouri, Baltimore in Maryland, Cleveland in, in Ohio and Chicago and Illinois and California, Los Angeles, all over this nation. It divides the rich from the poor, the white from the black, the Hispanic, or the Muslim communities. Prejudice builds this kind of a wall that says, I'm special and you're not. I'm superior so I have to be set apart from you. I'm above you. Prejudice drives a wedge between the self-appointed elite and the designated underclasses that it renders the foundation of our community defunct. Prejudice also breaches the common trust. And that's where we are in this nation. We have no common trust. You don't trust me because of the color of my skin. I don't trust you because you think you're more superior than I am. We see it in the police department in the way blacks are treated differently from whites. So this prejudice, this insidiousness that has reemerged in our society in ways like we haven't seen since the fifties. This prejudice that has become so powerful because of dog whistles and phrases and symbols that are used by the current occupant of Pennsylvania, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, making America comfortable all over again with its prejudices This is why we don't have community and why we cannot have community. And then I want to say to my friends on the right, it's your prejudice that has broken down the rules of law and justice. Not black people, but white people who employ prejudice. So be of allowing your own prejudice to overcome God's providential principles. We've got to be careful how we treat one another. How is it that it's all right to keep up Confederate statues, to honor them, to decorate them with wreaths, when what they symbolize is a splitting of our nation. They symbolize those who wanted to tear this nation apart over the issue of slavery, over the issue of keeping black folks in constant servitude. Why would we want to preserve those statues? When what they mean for so many African-Americans is a past that brings us so much pain. And so, yes, the church should and must support the Black Lives Matter movement. You know, we're living in an age where we have have leadership in Washington that will not even say Black Lives Matter. They want to say all lives matter. Well, yes, all lives matter, but specifically We want this nation to know that people who look like me, our lives matter. I need to be able to walk down the street and not be afraid of being confronted and ask, why am I here? I need to be able to go into any park I choose and walk my dog or just enjoy the scenery without being challenged and threatened that uh, someone's going to call the police to come and take me out of the park. It's time out for that kind of foolishness, questioning whether or not I belong in a neighborhood because I don't look like the majority of the folks in the neighborhood It's foolish. This nation is on the precipice of either moving forward with a wonderful future or falling apart at the seams. It seems because we just would not accept people who don't look like us. It's time for us to wake up and understand that America is not just a white nation. America is a nation of all peoples. The Statue of Liberty there in the harbor of New York says, give me your tired, your poor, your hungry, yearning to be free. Freedom is what we want. Freedom is what we demand. We've just come out of Juneteenth celebration when many got word that they were free. Many slaves got word that they were free. And this leader, this president chose to hold a rally during the Juneteenth. Festivities. It's a slap in the face to those people in Tulsa who have ancestors who lost their lives. Slap in the face to all African Americans. And so, yes, the church must support Black Lives Matter because we need to let the world know we need to stand with these young millennials. We need to stand with all of the people who are protesting and let them know that we are with you in this struggle. As a matter of fact, we're gonna help you in this struggle because the struggle for justice is a struggle that will determine whether or not this nation moves forward. Black lives matter. And to those young people who are out there marching and protesting, I say, keep on keeping on. We're with you. We're gonna support you. We're gonna come out. We're gonna be at the rallies like we've been. We're gonna continue to let our voices be raised with yours saying this cannot continue. Yes, I know America prides itself on being a nation of laws. The only problem with that is that the laws are applied differently based upon the color of your skin. But we saw it just yesterday, when a young white woman was arrested for protesting in Tulsa. Yes, she was handcuffed. But when they put her in the police car, they put her in the front seat, in the front seat. And the other officer, without thinking, without hesitating, got in the back seat. I say without fear of serious contradiction, had that been a black woman she would have been placed in the back seat of that squad car just like all persons who are arrested are placed in the back seat of the squad car or let's say all african americans who are arrested are placed in the back seat of the squad car that was subtle but it was a reminder that racism and prejudice still rules this nation. So I'm encouraging all of you, whatever denomination you're in, if you look like me, support the Black Lives Matter movement and let those young people know they're not in the struggle alone because we all want to be treated Well, this ends another edition of Morris Mondays. I hope that uh, you, like me, think that the church should be involved in Black Lives Matter. If you don't, shoot me a question or a comment. I'd love to respond to it. Let's keep this dialogue going. And not only the dialogue, but let's get out there. March with them. Let your voices be known. Do whatever you can however you can, as often as you can. God bless you. And remember, heaven is watching how we respond. Submit your questions today to Pastor Morris at ctcmeav at gmail.com or leave them below in the comments right here on our Facebook page. Pastor Morris is ready to answer your questions. See them featured in the next episode. You can now listen to hashtag Morris Mondays in a podcast format, available at anchor.fm slash Morris And right now on Spotify, anytime, anywhere, any place. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at Morris Mondays. There you can get more information On hashtag Morris Mondays, submit your questions and listen and see exclusives from Morris Mondays.